The following is a message from Parkview Church in Iowa City, Iowa. More information about Parkview is available at www.parkviewchurch.org. All right, good morning. Welcome to Parkview. Uh, Sunday only lands on Valentine's Day every so often, so you got to milk it for all it's worth, right? So here we are. So thank you for braving the weather today. If you're live streaming today, we still love you. We're really glad you're watching us too. So, um, but it's great to be with everybody today. So. Yeah, we are um, in the middle of a series called God's Design, and I just commend you as a church because we've been in the deep end of the pool. We've been stepping into some uh, fairly difficult topics sometimes to talk about in our culture, and so this morning we're kind of kind of come up for air a little bit out of the deep end of the pool, and um, we're going to talk about the fact that God has designed us to be loved by Him uh, and then that we would reflect that love back to him and to the people in our lives. That's what we're going to talk about. And it's actually this concept of God's love for us that I think really helps us be effective at talking about and embracing the harder topics, okay? Because we've got to have it in our heads that we have a God who really loves us and that God is the one that has designed us. And, and so you'll see as we go on this morning, that's going to be uh, really important for us to understand. So, uh, so where we've been is basically... Uh, the last three weeks, if you're new, welcome. We're glad you're here. Um, a couple weeks ago, we just started looking at Genesis 1 and 2. And we've seen that the Bible teaches that every one of us has been created in the image of God, male and female. And we talked about how this kind of sounds like we're bragging and it's all about us. But really, the Bible says that of all the things that God has made in this planet, that we are the pinnacle of his creation, that we alone are image bearers. And so I talked about my black lab, Bubba, and me, and we have some things in common. We both eat, and we sleep, and we like to play ball, and he drools a little bit more than I do. But other than that, there's some big differences in that uh, I'm creating the image of God. I am created to have a relationship with God. I've never seen Bubba on his face, worshiping God, or on his knees, praying for his mom, those kind of things. I don't. And uh, I'm not trying to be all over Bubba there, but just like we uniquely are created in God's image to know God, to be loved by God. And so uh, that's, that's an amazing calling we have. We also looked at, though, about three weeks ago that uh, this image has been, has been broken, that we look at uh, the very first man and woman that were created. There were some lies about God that they believed. Uh, they believed that God was holding out on them, that God wasn't going to be truly good to them. Uh, they believed probably the biggest lie is that they could basically be God. They could decide to do whatever they wanted to do, and there really weren't that many consequences if you go against God's design and do what you want. And so those were lies for the first man and woman on the planet. Those are lies that we battle every day of our lives. Is God really good? Um, should I really follow his plan? And can I just kind of wing it and make up my own plan on, the own, on our own? So, so we talked about how God's image has been broken, and then we look around our world and we see that wherever the image of God in other people is devalued, then you just see amazing hardship um, all around us. We talked about that when the image of God isn't respected, when we don't respect each other because of the dignity of being created in the image of God, then usually it's the powerful and the strong that can oppress the weak. Um, and we just see that all over the world. In fact, where that has happened throughout human history, it seems like the brunt of the oppression and the hardship will land on, on women and on children. And that's why, you know, as a body of followers of Jesus, we are called to move in to those areas. That's why I just applaud this church and how you do that so well. Next week, there's a team from here going to Cambodia uh, to come alongside Rafa House and see how can we help them rescue girls from the throes of human trafficking. Many of you are sponsoring 
orphans, either in Haiti or Ethiopia or Mexico. And again, God, God moves his people to step into these broken places. But I think it's good for us to see where did that breakdown come? And it came from when we believed the lie. And so out of that concept, we've, again, in the deep end of the pool, we've talked about abortion. We've talked about human trafficking. We've talked about um, God's design for sex. We've talked about gender. And so I just, I thank you for, uh, I know this is the time of year where, where new people will start coming to church too. And I, I appreciate one conversation last week where somebody expressed to our staff, you know, I don't necessarily agree where you've landed on these topics the last few weeks, but I appreciate the humility. I appreciate uh, the passion with which you've communicated these. And um, so again, I, I, I applaud you as a church. And this morning, again, coming up for air a little bit, and we're going to just really focus on the ultimate proposal, the ultimate somebody on their knee offering you their love. And we're going to talk about the love of God, that God has really designed us to be loved by him, and then for us to reflect that love back to him and to others. And so, and like I said earlier, I think for us to really handle those other deep end of the pool issues well, we've got to understand the love of God and what that does in our lives when we really embrace it. So let me pray for us, and then we'll jump in uh, together into this. So before I pray, could I just ask you, um, there are sermons that come quickly for me, and then there are some that I have to fight for. This was a fight. So could you pray first that God would speak to you this morning? that your heart would be stilled and open to what God wants to say to you? And then could you pray for me to make this message clear, that it would be clearly from God's word? Could you pray those things? God, would you be our teacher today? And I know there have been times in the last year or two where I've been on a prayer retreat, and I ask you in times of solitude, God, what do you want your people to know? God, what should we preach to your people on Sundays? And I know very clearly on two different occasions, you have, you have impressed me that tell my people I love them. And so we're back at this spot again this morning. We want to look at your word. We want to see your love for us. I just pray that your word would come alive, that you would remind every single one of us here today of how limitless, how amazing, how astonishing your love for us is. It's in your great name we pray, amen. All right, you guys, so if this is the topic we're going through, there are several go-to chapters in the Bible. It's hard to pick. And in fact, in your outline in the uh, bulletin you got when you came in under the For Further Study section, there's some classic passages that talk about the love of God. You could look at Romans 8. You could look at John 15. You could look at 1 John 4, for example. Where we're going to land this morning is at the end of Ephesians chapter 3. So if you have a Bible or you want to find it on your phone, you can start turning there. But Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to uh, study verses 14 to 19. And we studied the book of Ephesians as a church a couple years ago. And so if you remember, uh, the book of Ephesians was written by Paul to a church that was new, a bunch of new believers living in a city called Ephesus. And the more I learned about Ephesus, it reminds me of Iowa City. It was a very educated city. It was a city filled with a lot of different worldviews, uh, a, a city filled with a lot of sexual sin, uh, sexual temptation. And so you've got these brand new believers trying to figure out how they're going to follow Jesus. And so what do you write to these people that you love? And so what Paul did in the first three chapters is he just reminded them of the truths about us. And the phrase, in Christ, keeps coming up. In Christ, 
that our identity is in Jesus, not in our education, not in what we um, own or possess. Uh, It's not going to be found, our identity is not going to be found in the pursuit of our pleasures, but our identity is going to be found in Christ. And so amazing teachings uh, from Paul in chapters 1, 2, and 3. And so you get to the end of chapter 3, and this is like Paul's slam dunk, exclamation point, underline, highlight. This is how he lands the plane in this big section. And um, why, don't you, why don't you stand, and we'll read it. Sorry, you just got comfortable. Stand up, and uh, let's read these verses uh, out loud together. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Good job. And good dramatic pause too. You did good with that. Grab a seat. All right. So um, we're going to tear this apart this morning for a few minutes. And this is so urgent to Paul that he's on his knees He's just pleading with God that these believers would understand uh, the love of Christ. He's not saying, God, bubble wrap them and protect them from the evil influences of Ephesus because Paul knew if these people were just so overwhelmed and grounded in the love of Christ, they would respond just like David did in Psalm 63. God, your love is better than life. So, so fill their hearts with your love. They, they won't even be tempted to go a different direction or find their identity in anything else because they are so overwhelmed with your love. And did you hear all the, I mean, he's on his knees, he's begging. Did you see all the resources he's pleading for? God, would you use your power? God, would you use your strength? God, would you use your glory? God, would you use your Holy Spirit? I mean, he's calling out everything, right? To just come and help your people understand how huge your love them is. He's on his knees. He's pleading for them. And, and honestly, this, uh, this is an honor for me to share with you that, that if there's anything this morning that I want you to grasp in the years to come, as long as I have the privilege of being your pastor, I would love for you to just be totally overwhelmed with the concept of the love of God for you, okay? And so, what Paul is doing is he's trying to describe it and how, and so he's going wide, high. Let's just break some of these down. Let's try to get our, our small heads around how huge God's love is. First, he says that God's love is, is wide. Let me read a couple of verses. Titus 3, verse 3. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. Let's pause. Not many precious moments posters on that verse, right? Um, and it is pretty ugly. If we would get honest and inventory our whole lives and put out on a table or fill a room or who knows, fill a whole house with your sins, with my sins, mine would be the most of anybody in this room. If we would do that, I just think we would be completely crushed. And yet this is a picture of the width of God's love. Because in spite of all of that, look at verse 4. But when the goodness and the loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according 
to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. God didn't turn his head and run away from our sin. God moved in to our son, into our sin, moved toward us because of his love and because of his great mercy. That's why, that's everything you've ever done or thought. And what even takes that wider is that it's not just for me and it's not just for you, but there's a glimpse in Revelation chapter 5 of how vast God's love and forgiveness has spread. There's a picture in heaven of who is worshiping at the throne of Jesus. And here's the description. Talking about Jesus, it says, by your blood, Jesus, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. God's message of love and forgiveness is, is why, not just covering all of your sins, but is so available to every person on this planet. That's how wide the love of God is. It was Max Lucado who said, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. If God had a wallet, your picture would be in it. That God sends you flowers every spring and a sunrise every morning. That God is crazy about you, okay? His love is wide for you. The Bible also says in this passage that God's love is long for you. Okay. Last hour, I had a couple sitting right up here that had been married for 60 years. Anybody beat that here this morning? Anybody more than 60 years? Or are you just being quiet about it, if you are? Okay, so, so, I mean, we applauded them and all of that. And I just said, but you know what? The length of your love for each other is nothing. Not to insult, but it's nothing compared to the length of God's love for you. Look at Ephesians 1, 3 to 5. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. Uh, this isn't time or the morning to start digging into the you know, election, how did God pick me, just... Just embrace this right now, okay? That in, in eternity past, that God had made a plan and that God chose to love you, okay? If you've been around Parkview a while, I never, this thing moves. I didn't know that. Like it would move, anyway, it moved on me. And we're good, no earthquake, it was just me. Okay, so you've seen this rope before. This represents eternity. The rope goes to that end of the stage, to that end of the stage. I said to that couple last hour that their 60 years together is like a back on this rope. And what Ephesians 1 just told us is that God's love for us has spanned all the way back to eternity past. And then you could also see in this scripture that God's love for us is going to go the other direction. You look at John 17 verse 24. Um, I'm so ready for this thing to move a little bit. I'm, I'm good, a little bit shaky, but um, I, I'll be all right. So, but if you go that direction too, in John 17 verse 24, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. It's the night before his crucifixion, and he's praying for us. He's praying for those who would believe in him through the message of his disciples. And his prayer is this, in John 17, 24, he says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Uh, Jesus wants us with him in the future, in all of eternity, seeing his glory. So when Jesus came to die for you and rescue you, 
He didn't do it with rolling his eyes and going, oh, well, I've got to go do this for Schillinger. It's my job. No, he wants you with him. And so that's a span of eternity past to eternity future. That's how long the love of God is for you. With all respects to 60 years, that's nothing. Eternity past, eternity future. God loves you longer than anyone possibly could love you on this planet. Uh, God's love is deep. In Romans 5, 8, it says this, that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We can just flip through that verse and go, yeah, so? Uh, Because we have no idea of what it means to be a completely holy God and to move toward sinful people like us. God demonstrates, I think, the depth of his love for us in this. Even while we were sinners, incredibly, uh, infinitely offensive to a holy God, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. You will not find uh, a deeper love than that. I love how Tim Keller puts it uh, when he says this about Jesus on the cross. He says, when Jesus looked down from the cross, he didn't look at us and think, I'm giving myself to you because you are so attractive to me. No, he was in, he was in agony and he looked down at us and we were denying him, abandoning him, and betraying him. And in the greatest act of love in history, He stayed on the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. He loved us not because we were lovely to him, but he died to make us lovely. That is deep love. So his love is deep and God's love is high. Psalm 103 verse 11 says, As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. When David wrote that, I think he had some idea of how high the moon and the stars were, but I'm not sure that he completely understood what we can now, and I'm not sure we completely understand how big this universe is that we are. And I I love using analogies like this. Um, Maybe this will help us begin to get uh, an idea of how high the heavens are above the earth, that as David was looking up at the stars and saying, God, your love is, is like that. So the distance between the earth and the sun is 93 million miles. So like you, if you said, okay, let's make that like the edge of a piece of paper. That's 93 million miles. The distance between the earth and the next nearest sun, ne- next nearest star, would be a stack of paper 31 feet high. Each one is 93 million miles. So it'd be a stack about right here. I'd push it over. It'd go to about the fifth row. Okay, that's every piece of paper, 93 million miles. If you go, how wide is the Milky Way galaxy? That would be a stack of papers, 310 miles high. You'd push it over. It would just about reach downtown Chicago. If you go, okay, what's the estimated size of this whole universe? It'd be a stack of paper, 31 million miles high. So God's love for you is high. It is wide. It is deep. It is long and it is high. You will not be loved in any way close uh, by any other love in this planet than you are loved by your Father in heaven. And, God, and Paul's desire, God's desire too, is that we would be rooted and grounded in that love, that that would be the source of our security and our confidence. That would be our swagger, would be because God loves us. It wouldn't be because of who we are. It'd be because of who he is and because of his immeasurable love for us. Paul says, may you be rooted and grounded in that. May you stand strong, writing to Ephesians. May you not be pulled away from God because you are so rooted firmly 
in the steadfast love of God. And that's, that's God's heart for us as well today. Iowa City, 2016. Be rooted and grounded in my love. And I love how Paul said, I want this knowledge of God to, uh, and God's love to surpass, to surpass understanding. I don't want you to just kind of know it in your head. Like most of you would pass the true-false exam this morning. Does the Bible say God loves us? True, like 100%. Wow. You know, but he wants it to go deeper into our heart level so that I could ask some questions like this just to see, just examine ourselves. This week, were we rooted and grounded in God's love? I could ask you things like this. Uh, Was there a day this week that you grumbled or complained because of your circumstances? Okay. Uh, Was there a time this week that you were afraid? or that you were worried? Um, Was your week filled with just many instances of you just easily and willingly sacrificing your time and your resources because you know God so loves you and so has you that you could just generously give out? You know, I I could keep asking questions like that, and I think in our day-to-day existence, we're not embracing this, this powerful truth. That's why Paul's on his knees God, may, may your people see your love for them. That's my heart for me and for you as well today. He's on his knees. I want you to know this, that God is so committed to you understanding his love that this is one of the key roles of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Bible says that when you start following Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in your life. Let me just give you a couple of verses. Romans 5, 5 says this, that God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The Greek word there for poured meant to be poured to overflowing. It meant like just gushing that the role of the Holy Spirit is to just pour God's love, not just into your brains, true, false, but into your hearts and your passion and your emotion that God loves you. That, and that's just being poured into your heart. Romans 8 tells us that the Holy Spirit uh, is, is stirring up our spirit to cry out to God and to say, Abba, Father, just to cry out to Almighty Creator God and just call Him Daddy, just like a little kid crying out for help, that, that, that we would be so convinced of God's love and our relationship with Him. So the Holy Spirit is constantly doing that for you. God wants you to em- embrace and understand His love. He wants you to be grounded in that. And I just, I, I want to just be clear here this morning, the way that starts, the way that whole understanding starts is for you to understand what Jesus did for you on the cross. Uh, let me read 1 John 4, 9 to 10. It says this, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. In other words, this is God's love was put on display, ultimately demonstrated in this, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That means that Jesus took the punishment and the wrath of God that we deserved because of our sin. Jesus took that and in its place gave us forgiveness and gave us this relationship with God. We move from being enemies of God to now being sons and daughters of God because of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. And so that's square one. I, I need to understand the love of God. Square one is like, you've got you've to admit that you have sinned and offended a holy God, and you lay that at his feet, and you ask for his forgiveness. You ask for uh, Jesus' death for you on the cross to remove your sin and for you to have new life through Jesus. That's square one, and that's the greatest display of God's love. That's how God's love is made manifest, is made obvious, is through the death of Jesus 
for you on the cross. And so you receive that, and then the rest of your life, you move forward, continuing to grow and grow in your understanding of the immensity of God's love for you. So before, before we go on, I want to do what Paul did for you and for me. And I just want to pray for us. So let, let me pray. I'm going to get on my knees for us too and just plead. And just plead, God, would you, would you please open my eyes in fresh ways? I, I, I feel I'm still scratching the surface and understanding uh, the immensity of your love uh, for me. And I, I, I sense and I know um, as a church we, we need you and we need to understand your love in deeper and deeper ways. Forgive us for how quickly we forget you love us, how quickly we run to worry, how quickly we pursue other pursuits in our lives and we just forget you. May you, just like Paul did, may God, you just use every element at your disposal, your strength, your glory, your power, your Holy Spirit. Could you, could you open our eyes, open our hearts, change our hearts of stone and just fill them with your hearts of love. Help us receive this amazing gift from you. And now as we talk about moving forward from that too, uh, Jesus, may we be men and women, may we be a church that then reflects your love back to you and to the people in our lives. That's, that's a sign that we're truly embracing this, that it'll, it'll come back to you through obedience and it'll go out to each other through sacrificial love. So, so would you do that? And I pray if there's anybody here this morning or watching on live stream, that doesn't understand the gospel, may this be the day that you just overwhelm them with your love and that they would just lay down their sin at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, please forgive me. Give me new life. Let me walk the rest of my days knowing that I am loved by you. It's in your great name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit more. So part one, God loves us. And then part two is that we are loved by God so that we can love Him, that His love will be reflected to Him and to the people in, in our lives. And so, um, so uh, let me, let's just jump back into the deep end of the pool a little bit, okay? So um, where we've been the last couple of weeks, I really think that the way we step into these challenging topics that we've been talking about, the God's Design series, is it's got to start with the love of God, okay? And um, let, me, let me just throw one of the tough ones out there right now. Okay, so we, uh, a couple weeks ago, um, had a guest speaker here. His name is Christopher Yuan. His parents were up here. Um, <clears throat> if you missed that week, I would highly recommend you get online and you watch both the workshops that this family did for us on Saturday night and uh, the message on Sunday morning. It was powerful. Um, what they introduced to us was a concept called holy sexuality. As you read through the Bible, it is very clear that God has a sexual ethic for his people. And now if you talk about that within the context of the love of God, you realize that when God gives us a, a standard, or when God gives us truth, it's not to crush us or rob us of joy or fun. He's not a kill joy. It's God knowing how we're designed, and it's God in his love showing us uh, how this life works best, okay? And so, so there's a sexual ethic that as you read through the Bible, you see that God is the one that created sexuality, that God intends this to be a gift. It's not like the first man and woman started having sex and God went, oh no, look what they figured out how to do. And it's like, no, God, God designed sex. He intends it to be a gift, to be 
shared between a man and a woman in the context of marriage. The Bible is very clear on that. Jesus taught about that. It's throughout, it's throughout the Bible. But this is an example where we have this ethic that the Bible is teaching us. And we live in a culture that has a very different ethic. Uh, the, the, if I could summarize our cultural ethic on sexuality, it would be whatever pleases you, whatever feels right to you, whatever you want to do, you just go and you do it as long as you are not forcing that on somebody else. As long as everything is consensual, as long as nobody is being forced, then you just go. You just do whatever you want. And those are two completely different ethics side by side. Okay, so, so how, do we, how do we walk through that? And I feel like even in some ways that that's a litmus test for you. If you're trying to identify as a follower of Jesus, that sometimes sexual ethic questions can come right at you. And you can be pegged as being on one extreme as being really out of touch and prudish and like, what's wrong with you? Like, why do you believe such a limited view of sexuality all the way to you could be a hate monger? Like, why do you hate certain people that, that have a completely different ethic? And so there's kind of no win. It's kind of like a quick litmus test. And I think it's really important for us to answer this because sometimes people just throw a quick question at you about a sexual ethic and right away decide whether or not to continue a relationship with you or to continue talking about God stuff with you. So it is important that we have a good answer. That's why we're doing a series like this. But I really think that it's the love of God that informs us in how to live out uh, the sexual ethic that God has given us. And so um, if I could just start with, again, our guest speaker who was here a few weeks ago, uh, Christopher Yuan. He's a Bible professor in the Chicago area. When he was with us, he told us his story that there was a season in his life where he was living as an openly gay man. And then um, through a variety of circumstances, you need to hear his story. It's, it is amazing. Uh, he understood, he came to understand the gospel. He came to receive Jesus Christ as his savior and began to understand the love of God. And then he started reading the Bible so that he could grow closer to God. And in his own words, what, he, what happened uh, to Dr. Yuan is that he came across passages in the Bible that directly addressed um, his lifestyle of homosexuality. And he was getting to the point where he was seeing how he wanted to live, and then he was seeing it being contrasted in what the Bible was saying. And so he had a decision to make. And I love some of the things that he said. He said he did not want himself to be identified um, by his pleasures or by his pursuit. He wanted himself to be identified in the love of Jesus Christ, in, in his identity in Jesus. It was the love of God, really, and an understanding that when God gives us his standards, it's, it's out of love that, that Dr. Yuan um, changed the way that he lived, changed his view um, from, and I loved how he put it, from uh, living uh, a life as a homosexual man, but now pursuing holy sexuality that the opposite of, of homosexuality was, was holy sexuality. He wanted to be pleasing to God. And it was the love of God that was drawing him and moving him in, in that direction. And so um, he says, I am not identified by my feelings, but I am defined by the fact that I am created in the image of God. I am loved by God, and I will be fulfilled by following his plan for my life. Again, the, the whole concept of God, your love is better than life. God, would you say and what you are calling me to, my relationship with you, uh, transcends um, everything else in this planet. I will follow you. 
And I love some of the challenges Dr. Yuan was giving us. In fact, for example, um, as I've been reading um, many stories in this last year of people who have a similar testimony of Dr. Yuan's that they were living a certain way in, in different um, elements of this sexual ethic. And then when they would come square up with what God said and see a difference there, that it would be the love of God that would move them toward obedience. But I, I hear sometimes different of these people like Dr. Yuan challenging the rest of us, maybe, maybe our, you know, if we were to read the Bible and see that there's things in here that God would expose in your life and in my life, the, the challenge from some of these folks is like, okay, we, we, we counted a cost. Like to follow Jesus and to really respond to his love, we're going to have to make some changes in our lives. And I love the, just out of, a, out of a pure heart, just challenging those of us that maybe are um, issue isn't uh, same-sex attraction, but maybe there's other issues within the sexual ethic, uh, pornography or lust, um, or different things there, or maybe even in our relational uh, networks, maybe we're, we're proud, maybe we're... The question is, what have you laid down from your life? What has following Christ cost you? What have you laid down uh, that cost you something because you know you're getting something better? And that's, that's been Dr. Yuan's story, and that's a great challenge to all of us, that, that his obedience, the, the Bible says, if you love God, if you really love God, you're going to obey him. Jesus said that. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So one of the ways to tell, do you really love God, is like, are you obeying him? Are there clear examples in your life? So I appreciated that challenge from Dr. Yuan to me. And then I also appreciated his challenge to us uh, as a church to make sure that we are loving on the horizontal angle too, that we are loving the LGBT community. The whole second part of his workshop with us Saturday night was how should Christians respond uh, lovingly to the LGBT community. I'll just say, I'll just speak on behalf of the evangelical church in America over the last 50 or 60 years. I think we've done a horrible job of that. I think if you would ask the typical person who identifies as LGBT or any of their allies that the posture and the tone coming from Bible-believing Christians has been negative has been hate-filled. There's been a scowl, um, not open arms, and not a smile. That is not a reflection of the love of Jesus Christ. Remember when we were talking about our sin? Jesus moved into our sin. Jesus, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So to me, that shows that there's been an amazing deficiency in our understanding of the love of God. Because if we understand how much God has loved us and forgiven us, I think that's going to compel us uh, not to respond with hate or anger or withdrawal or, or ignoring people. I think it's going to move us to step in with compassion and with kindness. Uh, again, just like Jesus walked full of grace and, and truth. And so my prayer for me personally, for us as a church, and again, not just, I just picked, I just picked one topic. We could have picked many topics, but, but for example, may we be, famous for our love in this city to the LGBT community. May they know our doors are wide open to come and read God's word with us, to worship God with us, to, to experience the love of God, both through his preached word, through corporate worship, and through the way that we treat them and befriend them. And again, I'm just picking one. I, I, I should be, yeah, just feel my struggle. I'm not just trying to pick one group of people, but may this whole city know that about us. 
that we are reflecting the love of Christ, that we are so overwhelmed at how Christ has loved us, that we're obeying God, and that we're incredibly sacrificial in the way that we're loving each other and the people that don't know Jesus yet. May we know that. And that's what, that's what Paul was just on his knees praying that the Ephesians would do that, not, not simply that they wouldn't be pulled away into the culture, but that they would be a magnet to that culture, that the way that they are so filled with the love of God that the whole town of Ephesus would start coming to know Jesus because I love Dr. Yuan's challenge to us, like show this world that you found something better. Show a broken world that you have found the love of God. And that's what's driving you to just passionately follow Jesus Christ. And that's what's driving you to so sacrificially and compassionately love the people in your life. Show this world that you found something different in the love of God. Let me just read one passage and, and we'll wrap up here. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. This is one of the passages that Dr. Yuan walked us through to show us, hey, this is where I saw that God had a different standard uh, with the sexual ethic than I had personally. This is, this is one of the passages God used. It says this, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. I want you to notice two things in that passage. Um, Dr. Yuan was struck by the, the phrase about homosexuality. Could I encourage us as a church to also be open to that passage and allow God to expose sin that may be in our life? If that isn't your sin, were you greedy this week? Uh, did you swindle anybody? Did you shortchange anybody in any way this week? Were you a reviler? Did you cut anybody down this week? Did you overlook anybody this week? It would not have to take much digging in my life to see that this passage exposes my sin as well. See, God loves us too much uh, to let us just go through life without exposing our sin. It's in his love that he exposes our sin. But when we understand that our God is a loving God, we don't hide that sin. We don't go back in shame in that sin. We take it to him and we let him forgive it and we let him give us power to overcome that, that sin. That's, that's what we do with that. Um, my wife and I had dinner the other night with John and Mary. John was John McHale, the guy that was up here earlier. And they have a little girl, beautiful little girl named Sawyer, six months old. And so at dinner, I was just looking at her, and my oldest is a senior now, so I'm in that nostalgic, you know, I cry pretty easily stage. And I was just reflecting back to when Hannah was six months old, and um, one of the things I did not like about that stage was diapers. And I, even though she was only six months old, I accused Hannah of intentionally saving her worst blowouts for whenever her mom would leave. Like she would just hear Lori's car back out, the garage door go down, and then it's on. Like it's filling diaper, onesie, blankets, crib, sheets, carpet, like just whatever. Like just saving those for me, right? And so I'm sure maybe it only happened once or twice, but it made you a huge deal out of it. It always happens to me. So that's where I went with that. But um, in those moments, you step into that room and you go, oh no, <laughs> no, no. But obviously you don't go, oh, well, just get rid of Hannah. We'll just make another one. No, it's like, no, 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 no. No, I love her. You know, and you move in and you clean up and you wash her so that you can then hold her. And she's been made clean. And 
And uh, that's, that's a, sorry to ruin your Valentine's Day with that image, but, um, <laughs> but that's God in our sin. When God sees us in our sin, he moves in. He uses his word to expose our sin because he loves us. And then did you catch all the verb tenses there? Um, such were some of you, um, but you've been washed and you've been cleansed. That's, that's the heart of God. He loves us as we are, but he loves us too much not to expose our sin and then offer to come in and continue to wash us and cleanse us from our sins. So um, God um, wants to show his love to you as he continually exposes sin and then continually forgives your sin. So let me, let me pray, pray for us here as we wrap up. God, would you please do these things in my life? Would you please uh, overwhelm me and my heart with your love for me? And may that then be reflected back to you as obedience when I see you exposing my sin through your word. May I give you my sin. May I respond to you with obedience. And then may I be compassionate as I deal with others as I am living this life. That God, may we be a church that does that, that's hungry to obey you out of response to your love and then hungry to show compassion and to move toward other people, not withdraw, not to show hatred, but to move toward those who do not know you yet. And let me just pray this over you. Zephaniah 3.17. Hear this, Parkview Church. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love, and he will exalt over you with loud singing. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Parkview Church in Iowa City, Iowa. Parkview's mission is to love God, love others, and serve the world. If you live in the Iowa City area, we invite you to join us in person for services every weekend. You can get service times and directions, download messages, and get news and information about Parkview Church by visiting www.parkviewchurch.org. You can also contact us by phone at 319-354-5580 or write to us at Parkview Church, 15 Foster Road, Iowa City, Iowa, 52245.